Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. One of the blue check marks that really, um, I don't know if they dislike Rodgers or they want to just jab at Rodgers or it's just comedy. I'm taking it as the comedy approach because I laughed. They said, per source, the Broncos will be interviewing Shailene Woodley, Miles Teller, Dr. Joe Rogan, James Campen, Pat McAfee and the boys, Mason Crosby, and Jordy Nelson for their head coaching vacancy in what order about, to uh, Alex Van Pelt. Oh, Alex Van Pelt could be too. In order to woo Aaron Rodgers to the Denver Broncos. Kevin? No, little, no not little no. Kev. Okay. Maybe in the late 2000s. Maybe. Per source, the Broncos are interviewing Shailene Woodley, Miles Teller, Joe Rogan, <laughs> James Campen, Pat McAfee, the boys, Mason Crosby, Jordy Nelson, and now we'll throw in Alex Van Pelt to lure Aaron Rodgers to the Denver Broncos. Start thinking about the Broncos. And the future of Aaron Rodgers. Rowdy, what was the team that was linked to uh, a couple of them for Aaron Rodgers in the offseason when Rodgers was him and Han and probably probably having ayahuasca trips in Hawaii with Miles Teller, Shailene Woodley, and whoever Miles Teller's wife is? Well, first, if you remember, it was the San Francisco 49ers, and Bill Michaels was kind of uh, entangled in that leak. Yeah. And then all of a sudden on draft draft night – it became the Denver Broncos. And remember, former Denver Bronco, now current NFL analyst, Mark Schlereth, was talking about how he knew this was like a... It was imminent. Yeah, it was imminent. This yeah. is like a done deal. This is happening. This this will be done in the next day or two. Yep. And I remember sitting there watching the draft, and all of a sudden, the, the Denver Broncos come up. And now at this time, their quarterbacks are Teddy Bridgewater... Teddy Two Gloves. ...and Drew Locke. None of which are long-term solutions. Drew Locke hasn't played well at all, and Teddy Bridgewater is what he is. He wears two gloves. And there were some quarterbacks that had slipped a little bit in that draft. Like, Justin Fields was a guy that everyone thought would be the second quarterback taken, and he could be taken in the top five. And obviously, Trevor Lawrence was number one and was taken by Jacksonville, and the Jets kind of with a, a big surprise took Zach Wilson. And then there were some guys that were dropping there and the Broncos come up with an opportunity to take a quarterback. And you're like, well, if they don't take a quarterback, this is probably happening. Yeah. There was more and more rumors. All of a sudden they take Patrick Sertan, the second cornerback. You're like, Oh God. And you're like, Oh man, this, this might be happening. Why wouldn't they take a quarterback? Sweet Lord mercy. And the draft continued to go on and on. And you were reading on Twitter about more and more rumors and nothing happened. Nothing. Rodgers then ended up reporting to Green Bay, and now he's on an MVP season, the number one seed in the NFC, and the odds-on Super Bowl favorite. And I I get, though, if they're trying to interview some of the guys that are connected to Rodgers that Rodgers said, hey, I like this guy, I get where they're trying to do it. And we know that John Elway has a track record for bringing in veteran quarterbacks. Dude, remember that story in the summertime when John Elway and Aaron Rodgers were reported like at the same golf course somewhere in California or something? Yep. And, like, the golf attendant was like, they were talking. They were together in the cart. It's going down. And then Mark Schlereth, to your point, Rowdy, was like, it's a done deal going to Denver. And then it turned out Mark Schlereth was an idiot, and the golf attendant actually didn't see anything. 
<laughs> they just like cross paths with golf carts by just like, hey, what's going? Hey. What's yeah, up? and Aaron Rodgers wasn't that at Lake Tahoe? Yeah, because that was he yeah, o- and yeah, he always plays the tournament. He always plays that amateur tournament. Yep. Hey, how's it going? The pro am or Where, whatever. Like, every man, athlete yeah. and celebrity who's ever swung a club shows up to. Yeah, uh, yeah. The uh, the Rodgers going to the Broncos Ooh, was but then don't was titillating in the summertime. Yeah. Don't forget it was. I'm pretty sure it was Lake Tahoe, and it was like the pro am, and yeah, everyone's there. Is that when he threw the 400 yeah, yard pass? And then like yeah. <laughs> not long after that, another Rodgers golf story was that. He oh, re-upped at yeah. the uh, Green Bay Country Green Club. Green Bay Country Club. Look out, man. Roger. And then there's another story that Rogers, he was getting his house professionally cleaned in the Green Bay area. <laughs> Why? He's Not coming back. Not because he was coming back to live in it for the next six months. He was going to sell it. But he was going to sell it. Yeah. Hell of a market. Just ask Darius Smith. Yep. Sedarius. <laughs> All the hilarious stories over the summertime. Um, it got us through some doldrums. I'll, I'll, I'll give it that. Like It, it had its place it and its though? time. It was fun, and Rowdy and I have sniffed out a lot of them. We're like, come on, man. No, but you know, now you have the Denver Broncos. Luke Getze, they're going to be interviewing, and they also are putting their name in to interview Nathaniel Hackett, the Packers' offensive coordinator. And so you got that when it comes to the Denver Broncos trying to do really, Rodgers. Rogers. Really putting all my eggs in that basket. Hey, Elway, <laughs> Elway's got a good track record of getting old, you know, older, older guys aging out, and then like, hey, come on, let's go, let's go win something. It's well, I think you can. <laughs> I think you can kind of break it down into a couple of different categories for John Elway. Kind of like what you said, you could break it down into old and aging out. (laughs) I I feel like what would you consider Peyton Manning old or aging out when they got him? I would say I would say old because no remember because he was coming off of that neck injury where he had that fusion neck surgery. It was his last year, and the the Colts said, "Hey, we're gonna." Draft Andrew Luck number one, and you know what? Oh, We're going to take the, the kid that's supposed to be the next John Elway and, and run with him. Sorry, Peyton, but we don't believe in your neck. And they took a chance on Peyton Manning. He was, chance, let's not forget, Peyton Manning was really good with the Broncos when he first got there. Yeah, he was. And then he fell off the cliff. And right. then when, the, when they won the Super Bowl, he had like a paper mache arm. He like yeah, the ball that was like the year yards. they got absolutely smoked by the uh, Seattle Seahawks in the Super Bowl yeah. where he threw over 50 touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, then Omaha, the, Omaha. Then the next Omaha. year's when he completely fell off. He couldn't throw the football very well. He looked like a shell of himself. But yeah, and the defense when that. I remember the, the Super Bowl before that rowdy when they got just shellacked. Peyton Manning, the over under for him to say Omaha in that game was at like forty something. He ended up saying Omaha like three times. I remember being in Omaha. It was in college, and so like you know, three we were, times. We were so all getting lost. amped to watch it and like ordering pizza, and then it was just by halftime. You're like a prisoning. Ugh. Do we even really want to watch this? <laughs> this is the worst Super Bowl ever. Yeah, that Super Bowl stunk. Well, but do, so, do they really think that hiring a Nathaniel Hackett or a Luke Getze is really going to be what pushes him? No. pushes him over the top. I mean, remember what when he was so? Remember when he was so connected to Alex Van Pelt? Oh, yeah, oh, and, yeah, and he left. Like there was, there's been a lot of coaches in the past. That he's been connected to. Remember the the offense, former offensive line coach, where they did the little special. Campin. Oh, yeah, James Campin, yeah. And Rodgers had a really good connection with him, loved the guy, and they did their little special. He went to Houston. I didn't see Rodgers begging to go to Houston. No. Mm-hmm. No. So there you go. There's, I mean, Peyton Manning. My favorite Broncos memory is when Brock Osweiler thought he was like the heir apparent. He's going into the game, and then when he's back up to Peyton. So Osweiler was like, goes to get his helmet on, and all of a sudden Peyton just trots, just back, trots out. back out, and he's like, looks all dejected and sad. <laughs> I, Brock Osweiler is such a donkey. Yeah, I loved how everyone thought Brock Osweiler was so good because he was so tall and could see over the line, and then when there was no pressure, he could throw a decent ball. 
But then in real life, couldn't get away. From there's you actually, yeah, there's actually people coming at you. Yeah, yeah. Brock Osweiler. And uh, you got to read different stuff. Phone lines. Turned out, kid couldn't even read. Phone lines blowing up. <laughs> Let's go to the phones. Line one. Who's this? Good morning. You were correct. Oh, hey Scott, you are you correcting yourself? Okay, but you were partially correct. Nope, fully correct. No. Yep. It came, it came out the same year. No, it didn't. Prince, Tom, Prince recorded in '85, came out in '86. Tom Jones was '88. Are you telling me that Tom Jones and Prince both wrote the same exact song without knowing about it and released it at the same time? Well, then I read the wrong thing then. That's fine, Scott. We're just keeping you on your toes like you keep us on our toes. The song was originally American Chart It came in 86. Well, right, yeah. right. Prince did it first, Scott. We got it. It's all good. We love you, buddy. All right, see you. See you. Ram Jam, our guy from Scotland, says, RJ, just schooling Scotty right now. Line two, who's this? Hey guys, it's Corey. How you doing? <laughs> Corey, I'm doing well, man. How are you? Oh, not too bad. How are you guys doing, RJ? And uh, oh, sorry, I'm on cloud nine. Pretty good. Living okay, the dream. Awesome. <laughs> oh, that was fantastic. actually a good segue into like talking about reading the wrong thing. Like that was a what I was thinking about what, during that trip down memory lane about how well we were being manipulated by others out there that want to like get clicks. And that's just that's just the, the NFL. Take. Think what think what the bigger news organizations are doing to you, Corey. Right. Think about it. Need to think more. Exactly. Left. Yeah. So I got a kind of a theory about the Nathaniel Hackett thing and and Rogers. I I think it'll be a it'll be revealing in terms of like if Hackett actually takes one of these jobs randomly, it won't necessarily mean Rogers is going there. But I think that would give us insights in terms of whether Rogers is thinking retiring. I really have a hard time picturing him saying it. How old is he now? Thirty eight years old. Going to you know the last couple seasons of his career. By the way, Corey, not and, to interrupt, but couldn't wouldn't it be awesome no, to be interrupt? To, wouldn't it be, You're the host. Wouldn't it be able to be awesome to retire at 38? It would be great. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I, I would have been retired for like seven years already by now. Then and be like just <laughs> hanging out. It'd be awesome. Just listening full time. I love it. Full time Charlie life. Yeah. But not necessarily over the top like that. Uh, he's retired, he's, but he, he, like, he waited until he was like 50 something. Yeah. Right. Um, where was I? Oh, okay, so <laughs> I was. I, I think uh, it'll kind of give us an insight in terms of what Rogers is thinking if Hackett takes one of these jobs because he might be like, well, if Rogers isn't going to be there at Green Bay, this is my opportunity to go somewhere else because I won't have to try to coach up Jordan Love, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I could see him staying on though if he thinks Rogers is going to come back for another season. Well, and you got me thinking now, Corey. Let me ask you: Is Nathaniel Hackett really a linchpin of what Aaron Rodgers but is going to do? I wouldn't say necessarily a linchpin as to what Rodgers is going to do. I'm saying Rodgers is a linchpin as to what Hackett's going to do. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, right. I, I don't think Rodgers is basing his decision upon what he's saying. He might just maybe off to the side be like, "Hey, you know, what are you thinking?" Maybe I'm being completely over the top thinking that, but. Seems like they have a close sort of relationship. Uh, I mean, he's been the same. He's been there since the Fleur came in, I think, right? Because yep. yeah. everybody was yep. freaked out at first that they brought in Hackett. Like, who is this guy? We never heard of him. Blah, blah, blah. So, I, think, I think if Hackett does get a job somewhere else, like a head coaching position, because I know what's the Broncos, it's the Jags, now the Bears are interested. If he does get it, I still think Rodgers stays. But if he does get yeah. it, Rodgers would be like, hey, Nate, you're welcome for the head coaching gig. You're welcome that I elevated you to this kind of status where people want you to lead a team. Well, Rogers. That's yeah, fair enough. I'm wondering, too, as, as you guys have noticed, as to whether they're trying to suss out that he's going to be able to bring 
Rogers along with him, like uh, luggage or something like that. Like, <laughs> Carry on. I don't know. You know, get horse face Elway out of here with that garbage that he thinks he can just woo everybody off of everybody else's team. Because if they had, and thinking about that when they said, when we were being told that they were chit-chatting at the golf course, yeah. if that had really been going down, Packers would have been going after them for tampering with. Oh, well, yeah, hands down. Players. And- because. And, and thinking about this, like, could Elway really get Getzey or uh, Hackett to, to, you know, woo Rogers? I, I feel like Hackett and Getzey are, like, carrying Rogers' luggage off the plane. Like, yeah, you know, Hackett. I feel like they're like the Aaron it's the other way, Rogers. It's the, it's the other way around. It's not uh, – <laughs> they are bringing the luggage with them. He's bringing the luggage with him. Rogers. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, we'll woo Rogers. And Rogers, could you bring Getzey or Hackett or both with you? But yeah, this is good fodder for the for – the, time being here but yeah. until we wait for the game to come up i think uh also one last thing you know the rams and falcons playing on or rams and falcons, the rams and cardinals playing on monday i don't think do you guys think they'd put them on a saturday a saturday game so like if uh, if let's say they if everything else goes to chalk and we know that that game is what's going to determine whether the packers play who are who they play I think the Packers will be playing the Sunday on that twenty third because yeah. I don't think they're going to give a playoff team yeah. only five well, days. In there would be such a stink if they did that yeah. Monday to a Saturday. Yeah, because yeah. that'd be pretty tough on them. Yeah, we'll I talk like, about it coming I, up, Corey. Good stuff. I like it. Oh, there's all kinds of stuff to talk. about. I know. Today. You're the man, brother. How many players are in the transfer portal for Alabama, Rowdy? Seven. Yeah, and then the, I mean that was a a big article on. I saw it front page. Seven, yeah, seven Bama network. players in the transfer portal. Ooh, their uh, defensive backs coach left uh, yesterday for Oklahoma to be co-defensive coordinator and uh, passing defensive game coordinator. Former Badger safety, who I know you like, Jay Vlai. Jay Vlai. Oh. Well, now here's the other thing. I'm sure Nick Saban will find another great coordinator, as he always does. Well, that that one's just a position yeah. coach. He left to become a cool coordinator. Well, but, uh, yeah, uh, Nick Saban will bring somebody So, so seven, Someone with a big name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So seven players from Alabama in the transfer portal. I saw a couple – um, yeah, but the thing with that is, there's only like yeah, two of them it. that actually played. Yeah, the other guys yeah. are like, who cares? Like, whatever. You're it's like, like, oh, this guy played. He had seven catches this year for 150 yards. So like, we were talking a little I mean, off air. Th- those are guys, four stars that are leaving still. You know? I say come to Wisconsin. Yeah. And then we were thinking of Rowdy's like, well, who's that one guy we got from Alabama that came to Wisconsin? Everyone was hyped. Just because uh, yeah. it's coming from Bama. Same. I remember coming Christian Bell. Hoover. So, like, one, linebacker. Of the best, one of the best programs in the nation. Linebacker. Like, Christian Hoover, Bell. Alabama, coming yeah. straight from MTV Two a Days. Yep. <laughs> when he was coming, I'm like, oh, dude, this guy's from Alabama. This guy's going to be sick. We got to think of a name for him. The Bell Ringer. I mean, get your bell rung by Christian Bell. And then he never played. He never played. What's he even doing? Uh, he's not, not the Badgers. He transferred somewhere. Yep. He's now playing for South Alabama, the Jaguars. You went from Alabama to South Alabama. Well, he never was at Alabama. Oh, yeah, he transferred from Alabama. No, no, no. Br- Christian he Bell? He committed here. Oh, no, no. He was friends well, he was with um, the running back. He was there from um, Alabama. Shaw? Yeah. Shaw's from he was, Hoover. Yeah, he was friends with Bradrick Shaw, transferred from Alabama, never played for Alabama, sparingly played here. Then that's who I was thinking of. Yeah, I'm right not, from I, he was there for Alabama, but yeah. And then he came. everyone was like so hyped about this guy coming to Wisconsin. They never did anything. Never did anything. So don't fall in love all the time with this. If you got Alabama attached to your name, I guess. It's like uh, you got a five stars attached to it. It's like Danny O'Brien. <laughs> Danny O'Brien came out. Hey, and did every, absolutely. If nothing. you you can never forget the hype of Danny O'Brien. That's the what I'm saying. Wasn't he on draft day? 
Wasn't he the quarterback? No, that, no, no. That was Tyler Donovan. Damn was it. The, the footage on draft day. That's what it was. But yeah, after <laughs> after the Russell Wilson transfer and Russell Wilson comes in, which, by the way, Russell Wilson was a pretty decent quarterback at NC State. He was okay. And I, they cut his they <laughs> cut his fired. scholarship he's, because of... Uh, baseball. Yeah, he went... Well, he got drafted in baseball <laughs> and he went his, and played. Lost his job to Mike Glenn. They were like, if you go play for Asheville... You're not going to be on this yeah. team anymore. Uh, he didn't lose. And we got okay. this guy. We got this guy. Mike Glennon is a million times better. It's going to be yeah. so great. He and didn't then, lose his job. They just had Mike Glennon. And I was just just joshing you. And led them to a seven and five record that year, where in Wisconsin was like a win away from. They were a Mike Glennon neck away. But I feel like you, from going to the national. You can't forget that it's not like NC State was like a really really good team when Russell Wilson was there. Right. We'll they fuck. were all seven and five, eight and four. We'll, yeah. We'll like. Fuck. He was a solid quarterback. Oh, he wasn't outstanding. Didn't they get a new coach and he wanted Glennon? No, it was the same coach. Same guy? But he was like, so you can't play baseball, mister. Yeah, if you're not committed here, we're going with Mike Glennon. And then he, he just balled out of Wisconsin. And, the and then it's like, history. oh, we can yep. we can grab these quarterbacks out of the transfer portal. Well, I guess it wasn't really a transfer portal at that time. But yep. yeah, Danny O'Brien, god awful. Yep. Oh, I think about some of the guys that have, that have been transfers that were quarterbacks that have come to Wisconsin. Outside of Russell Wilson, I'd say the majority of them haven't really worked. What was it? Alan Everidge from yeah. Kansas State. And that yeah. was pre-Russell Wilson. That that, that was, didn't work. That was the first stand. Danny O'Brien, Maryland. Didn't work. That, that didn't, didn't work. work. Um, I think that's it for quarterback transfers, at least. No, McAvoy. Oh, yeah, Tanner. That, about him. Hey, really didn't work. He was part of the reason why Stavik got yips. Yep. Well, it was more Gary Anderson's fault. Yep. McAvoy did catch a t- score a couple touchdowns to the Seahawks in the NFL, by the way. He did. Not saying he didn't, but he was not. But a we're talking about specifically Badgers. <laughs> yeah. Wow, completely forgot he even played quarterback a little bit. Oh yeah. Yeah, McAvoy. That's what happens when you try to block out the Gary Anderson era. No, it's that era sucked. Yeah, some yeah. people say that. The, <laughs> the, do you still have that little video? I do somewhere. <laughs> some people say the dark years for the Badgers were the '70s and '80s. Others say it was the Gary Anderson era. It was the Gary Anderson era. The third choice. Well, well everyone. With, the funniest part is everyone will say, "Well, he still went like nine and three every year. That was he still pretty good. Did better than Don Martin. Yeah, but they had so much NFL talent. Yeah. Look at all the running backs. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Hey, we're gonna. Sit you gave you down. Joel Stave the yips. Oh, you want Joel Stave to be the quarterback? Well, you're benched for the third quarter. What? Yeah, Melvin Gordon's like, dude, Joel Stave needs to be the QB. And Gary Anderson's like, well, you're benched. Yeah. And, what? And wasn't uh, one of the big things that Gary Anderson complained about was that he couldn't get his recruits in? Yeah, he couldn't. Even though the guys that were here were really good? He couldn't bring in JUCOs, and uh, he was recruiting people who academically couldn't cut it here. And, well, actually, he was recruiting them. Didn't he piss off and all the then, donors, too? Yeah, he pissed off a lot of donors. Um, and then um, what a clown! And then he would string kids along, even though he knew academically they wouldn't be able to make it. And then, then told them at, told them at the last minute, "Oh, sorry, you don't have a scholarship." I'm sorry, but if you're really, really good at at football, basketball, hockey, whatever, and a college really wants you, they'll get you into the school. Oh, you yeah. have to be extremely, extremely dumb. Yes. Yeah, you got to be like eating paint chips. Like there, that's what your diet is. Paint there chips. have been a few people who uh, I've seen admissions to look the other way for. Oh, well, good. And even it, you go know, back to North Carolina they, football. Well, it's not like we don't know what happens. Football and basketball, right. where they had they make sixth up grade level <laughs> classes for them. not to the level of Duke, but 
No, that was, was North it? Carolina. North, North Carolina. Carolina. It was yeah. football That's what and he's talking basketball. About. Yeah. Making up classes. The Duke make up classes too, or that just North Carolina? No, Duke had it where people could just do it 100% online even if the classes weren't yeah, yeah. available online. So like people are like, I've never seen him in a class. But I've seen him on the basketball court. Yeah. He's good. If we went online. Oh, okay. And his GPA is better than mine? What? Yeah. Well, I've never seen him in a class. I mean, I had people that I knew that were in classes with certain Badgers that may have been pretty good in going to the NFL. And he said they'd see him like five times a, a semester. First day and test days. Yeah, I know of a couple of guys that they weren't playing football, they played another sport. Let's just say that they did not really go to class. <laughs> Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code THEZONE125. You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. Uh, speaking of booze, though, Rowdy, <sighs> Georgia wins, obviously, the national championship, and I would have to imagine they party their asses off, as if I were in their shoes, I would do the same. And the morning after, so yesterday morning, there's this show called Good Morning America. I wanted to play this. Uh, quarterback for Georgia, Stenson Bennett, sounded like and looked like he had himself a hell of a night as he was on Good Morning America. I don't think my man slept. And I don't think the guy was sober while he was on. Take a listen really quick. MVP Stetson Bennett is joining us live. Stetson, good morning, my friend. How you feeling this morning after that incredible performance last night? Have you had a chance to get any sleep? And before he talks, Rowdy, his eyes are like, you ever seen a dude who's like super blazed, like super stoned, or just got out of bed and you can barely open your eyes? Like, like you can barely see. He's like that, and he's like leaning a little bit to the left. And he looks like he's going to pass out, fall asleep. But he's got to talk to Michael Strahan on Good Morning America. Yeah, you know, a few hours. Um, (laughs) Not many. Uh, I've been been wondering about... uh, Yeah, no, not many. (laughs) It sounds hammered. We're going to have plenty of time to sleep. Congratulations. And what a story. Not just the Bulldogs, but... But you, I mean, you you start your career there at Georgia. You're a walk-on. You transfer to a junior college. You come He's back like trying to, to stay awake right you know, now. So many people overlook you. nodding a little bit. What have you learned about yourself during this journey? Uh, well, you know, I think I always had a pretty constant view about myself. <laughs> Slurring um, words. I think I learned that life's hard, uh, <laughs> you know. You gotta work for what you want. Um, you know, you gotta bet on yourself, just like you know all you guys, and just like Michael and you know everybody here, everybody who's ever been successful. You gotta bet on yourself. Uh, <laughs> That's guy. This is, he sounds like the guy that's drunk at the party. Rowdy's got way too many. He's like, you know what? I love you guys. We we should open a business. We gotta bet on ourselves. You know, I love you, man. You know, I guarantee you, he doesn't want to be there. Especially in no, that if, moment. But it's probably like something where the PR for Georgia like, and the football team are like, you have to do this. You have this. to do this. He's like, PR department, I just crawled out of a bar. No, no, he didn't crawl out of anywhere. PR department probably found, found him in him. like a hangover type situation where they wake they up. They drug him out of his room. It's like, 
hey, you, by the way, you have to do like uh, 10 do minutes this. on Good Morning America. It's like, what? And you have to be there in 15. I'm, I would blow like a point two right now. I'm hammered. Nope. Got to do it, dude. But hey, you just won the national title. I would expect nothing less. What, are you going to go home and go right to bed after you win the national title? Hell no. I think the best one, my favorite celebration had to have been Joe Burrow lighting up that cigar. Yeah, you saw some of the Georgia players were also doing that. Yeah, but wasn't it? Uh, didn't they make a big stink about Joe Burrow doing it? And they were like, because uh, it was in the locker room. Yeah, that's what it was. Who gives a crap, dude? Let the man, let the man smoke a stogie in peace. Just won the national championship. And that was also when Odell Beckham Jr. was handing out cash. Handing out cash which now he's been banned. They claim to be fake cash. I'm sure because I don't think he nothing ever happened to Odell Beckham Jr. No, they banned him from. He was not allowed to be on the in the premises of LSU for a while. I think. Oh, whoop de doo. Yeah, nothing serious happened. LSU was the one that got the the NCA to come down on them, wasn't it? Yeah. But then LSU. No, no. The if I remember correctly, the NCA was looking into it, but then LSU decided to have it be an in-house yeah, investigation. Yeah, they, they handled it internally, and they did it internally, and. Um, hey, we investigated ourselves and found we've done nothing wrong. So yeah, and then the the violations or whatever that came out of it was like very minimal. Yeah, and that's what like what do I care? Odell's handing cash to kids, whatever. I'd, I'd take a I'd take a handful of cash, Odell, if you want to come drop some off here at seven thirty Railback Drive. Wasn't it first they claimed it was fake, and then he claimed that it was only guys that he knew was going to the NFL? Yeah, and I was just, like okay. It's like okay, let's just be honest with ourselves. You had a duffel or sorry, a fanny pack full of cash and started handing out wads of hundreds. Sounds great. And I think we got like a Jordan Bohannon tweet out of nowhere saying he wants McDonald's bag cash. Yeah, Jordan <laughs> Bohannon. Yeah, I want cash too. I'll take it, preferably under the table. Much like college athletics. All right, Roddy, but speaking of money, my money would be on Aaron Rodgers winning the MVP. We had, I, th- I think it was Troy, or the Pipeline of the North. Yeah, it was Troy, talking about how Brady could potentially win it. Um, when it comes to movement on the money lines and the odds, right, Rodgers went, w- Rodgers went from, what was it, minus... 700 he to went slightly up to so he's slightly more favored than he was going into week 17 and Tom Brady also slightly went up too correct correct and they're like top two not even close so Bruce Arians had this to say on Monday he was talking about Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and obviously the MVP award uh Bruce Arians I'll just play you his comments as he talks about essentially how, in his mind, it's it's clear and obvious who should be MVP. I think if, if he doesn't get it, it's a travesty. Tom Brady. I mean, most completions ever, 5,000 yards, touchdowns, the whole the whole nine yards. I mean, I mean, to me, it's not even a it's not even a close race. To Bruce Arians, it's not even a close race of who should be MVP. Obviously, the coach of the Buccaneers and Tom Brady, so you'd have his players back. I did see there was some four-letter network debate going back and forth about who should win it. One side was obviously on Brady. The other side was on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I just thought it was funny because you hear all the arguments where – like, oh, Tom Brady has 5,316 yards and 43 touchdowns. Rodgers only has 4,115 yards and 37 touchdowns. But, yeah, but when you look at it, Tampa Bay throws the ball way more, a.k.a. more attempts. Mm-hmm. He's going to have more completions. In theory, he should have more touchdowns than where LaFleur and the Packers like to be more of a balanced team. Rodgers had four interceptions, the lowest interception rate in the league. And I think Tom Brady had 12. Yep. Packers went 13 and 4 
earned the top spot in the NFC, didn't even have to play the last game. Rowdy, where the Buccaneers reside again? What which which conference? That would be the NFC South. And the Packers are in the NFC North, so they're both in the NFC. Who's the best team in the NFC? Green Bay Packers. And then the other huh. thing is one of the interesting one of the uh, four letter network uh, commentators was like, "Yeah, but uh, you can't really look at Tom Brady's interceptions because if you look at how many he threw against the Saints, the Saints also ate up Aaron Rodgers in Week One." That that argument made no sense to me. Well, it's the four letter network. But I did like sense. this one. I did like this one. The one guy was trying to argue for Tom Brady because of all the injuries on Tampa Bay. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. What did, has he not? He's look like, at the Packers offensive he's like, line. How about Chris Godwin had been one of his more consistent receivers? He went down. We know Leonard Fournette was injured, and we know they've been banged up on the defensive side of the ball. And I was just sitting there chuckling, like, "Yeah, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have been 100 percent healthy. They haven't had a in, yeah. not even. They, they've injury. been unscathed. They're unscathed. Oh wait, no, his All Pro left tackle and a top five left tackle in the game hadn't played all year. Um, his starting center didn't play the majority of the season. Uh, his right tackle has been hurt the last third of the season. Uh, they've pretty much been missing four. Oh, Elkin Jenkins, one of the better, uh, you would say utility offensive linemen in the NFL. He's been out for half the season. Let's see. He was missing four out of five offensive line. Aaron Jones had a bad knee, missed a game. Uh, Devontae Adams missed, missed a, game a game for COVID. M- MVS has missed multiple games. And he's supposed to be the guy that takes the top off the defense. Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb is, is, is out. Yep. Randall Cobb was the second leading receiver when he got hurt. He was out. And then when you look at the defensive side of the ball, probably the best corner, if not top three, Jair Alexander, out. Yep. Zadarius Smith has played 18 snaps. Out. Then you have uh, then you have the special teams as a whole. They're a bunch of jabronis for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, special teams is one of the few worst special teams in the league. So, but yes, but yes, Tom Brady has had more injuries to his team. And then you look at uh, let's say both teams were completely healthy, Rowdy. Right? Whose skill players would you want more um, if you were Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball or Tom Brady? Well, you definitely would rather have the Tight ends and receivers for Tampa Bay. Yep. Hands down. Hands down. Because it would be Devontae Adams versus Mike Evans versus Chris Godwin. And, uh, oh, we, there, that's one we forgot. Tunyon went down. With oh, yeah, Big knee. Bob Tunyon. He's, he's how, riding, we, how we forget. He's riding around in a rascal right now. Yeah, Rob Gronkowski, obviously. He's one of the best tight ends of all time. Yeah. So it's just obvious to me that Tom Brady should be MVP in what universe? And dude? let's not men- let's not forget to mention that Tampa Bay has had a pretty solid offensive line since uh, Tom Brady got there, and there's no way they could have as many. I don't know exactly because I haven't followed Tampa and their offensive line injuries that closely, but there's no way they can be missing four of their yeah. starting linemen. And despite all of that, with the injuries for the Packers, guess what? The Packers are the number one team in the NFL. And Aaron Rodgers' numbers for number of games played, like, because uh, Tom Brady clearly played that last game. And yeah. Oh, he stayed in all was, the way to the end to try to get Robert Gronkowski. Yeah, Tampa Bay playing. was still running up that score with, like, five minutes left. Aaron Rodgers was done after a half. And he missed a game due to COVID. Let's not forget that. Tom Brady uh-huh. did not miss a game. Aaron Rodgers played in one and a half less games. Yeah. Kiernan. Yeah, totally. 920 in studio. Beautiful. Bloody Mary mix. Oh, I love you. 
Yeah, coming up, we're going to have um, the Anytime Drink Bloody Mary. But yeah, back to the, the, the topic at hand, Rowdy. Sorry, I was just setting up our next interview. I could see, and, I could see. I mean, it's 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 close, but it's not like razor thin where it's like you would have to flip a coin over this. It's Aaron Rodgers. Well, I think the bigger thing is it's how you define the award. The award is most valuable player. It's not most outstanding player. Most, or most vaccinated player. Most valuable, obviously, to his team. Or the Aaron, MVVP. Tom Brady, you would say, would be the most outstanding because he put up the best numbers. <clears throat> he was a guy that played every single game. But most valuable, it's clearly Aaron Rodgers. It's, clear, it's hands down And I get where you can look at those two and have a vote. So if you are the hub arkishes of the world, Clown. you can go out and say, well, I'd That's rather right, vote bum. for Tom Brady. He, this is why. It's because he's got all the statistics. But there's no other reason for you not to have Aaron Rodgers one or two on your MVP vote because everyone else is just so far behind those two guys. Jonathan Taylor fell off. He was the big hit story as a running back. Cooper Cup, he ended up not breaking – uh, the record or anything like that. So he falls off for a wide receiver. And the other ones are our quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes. He's been there. There was no way that's an MVP season from Patrick Mahomes. Never. Never. Joe, Joe Burrow. Yeah, he had a nice year. I don't think it's close to what Rodgers and Brady did. And same thing with Dak Prescott. They were showing Tony Romo and They're cute, records. nice stories, yeah, but Tony they're not going to be Tony Romo had roughly the same types of seasons, and Tony mm-hmm. Romo never won an MVP. They're, they're cute. They're nice. You know, they, they got a little sizzle. But at the end of the day, number 12, Aaron Rodgers, MVP. And he won't be the MVVP. Sorry, Hubbarkish. No, no. Neither will Dak Prescott, Rowdy. Or Carson Wentz or Josh Allen. Remember we were trying to get the names of who wouldn't win MVVP? Most valuable vaccinated player? How about this? Way too early AP Top 25 rankings for college football. Wisconsin coming in middle of the pack. You see this? Wisconsin Rowdy ranked third. I'm sorry, 12th in the way too early AP rankings here on Bleacher Report. 12th in the nation, your Wisconsin Badgers. And here's the one clip about them, as Clemson is also 11th. They see Wisconsin and Clemson need to determine if their quarterbacks, i.e. Graham Mertz, are the right options. Both quarterbacks once touted prospects who shined early in their careers, but now mostly struggled on defensive-driven teams in 2021. As that is a kind of what we were talking about yesterday with Graham Mertz. When we looked at, what, Alex Hornibrook and the Badgers winning the Orange Bowl, and Hornibrook, I think, was the Orange Bowl MVP, correct, Rowdy? Yes, he was. That was the peak of Wisconsin fandom in the past couple of years here, thinking, oh, my God, we're going to take the next step. Instead of straddling that line one, line two kind of area, we're going to be two feet cemented into that tier one team. And then what happened, Rowdy? Well, Andrew Horn- or Hornibrook got a kind of a wandering eye, lost the team, lost his locker room, got knocked out of contention of playing. <laughs> I see what I did there, pun intended. And then Graham Mertz came in, and one game from Illinois is about it, half the game against Michigan. So I'll give Graham Mertz, what, one and a half games? And now Wisconsin is wondering, in this AP Bleacher Report article, once touted prospect who shined early, now struggled on defensive-driven teams in 2021 determine if they're the right options. Yeah, but that defensive, that heavy defensive-laden team for the Wisconsin Badgers is graduating or losing a ton of players. 
thirteenth, or I'm sorry, twelfth in the country. Is that man? Wow. I feel like that's a little steep with what they're losing. And Wisconsin's always been able to reload, though. It's, not, it's never been a rebuild defensively. It's always been a reload. I guess specifically on Graham Mertz, though. What is he? Is he even it? You know how they say <laughs> you are what your record is yep. in the NFL? Yep. I feel like you're, that's kind of the same thing for Graham Mertz. He is what he is. He's a third-year guy, going to be a fourth-year guy next year, that's played about, well, one full season and then that shortened 2020 season and limited snaps in general as a freshman just because he got into, what, three games in mop-up time? He threw like 10 passes his freshman year. Yeah. Took the red shirt. Yep. Then he had the COVID 2020 where they didn't play a full season and didn't look that great. And then a 2021, which... Yes, they did play a full season, but... God, when did he even look good? At best, he was up and down. What, what was Graham Mertz's best game? I can't... One doesn't even come to the top of my head. Interesting to see what Graham Mertz, the heralded recruit, the guy that take you over the hump to be the man on top of the mountain. Well, it's like he like, shows... What are you? It's like against Michigan when they were getting... It was a close game in that first half before he got hurt, and he was making, especially in that second quarter, was making big throws that drove Wisconsin down to score and keep that game close at the half. Or even look at the bowl game. He made some big pat, uh, throws downfield where it was like he hung in the pocket, took a hit, and the ball was on the money. Yeah, you get you go those get that like sparse like once in a while you get a big throw you're like damn okay there's the Graham Mertz that I you know I, I wanted to have and then later on you're like the hell did he just do well then there say it's just like a little swing pass to a, a running back and he misses him yeah you're like what's happening here I mean he had he's so up and down it it does just doesn't make sense it really doesn't and now Wisconsin twelfth. In the way too early AP Top 25 uh, on Bleacher Report here. Uh, rest of the Big Ten. Let's see here. They'll say, did you see the schedule coming up for Wisconsin, by the way? Ooh, that's we'll, we'll have to talk about that. Out of the Big Ten, you got, let's see, coming in at number 17, the Iowa Hawkeyes. The Penn State Nittany Lions, 15th. Like I said, Badgers at 12. Wolverines in Michigan, their 10th. Michigan State's 8th. And then in the top five, you have Ohio State sitting at number two. Well, I think the the biggest thing, like when we're talking about Graham Mertz, we everyone remembers the Illinois game. He threw the ball all over. He was extremely accurate. Now, Illinois wasn't great. We were all starving for football because the Big the, Ten got pushed back into October. Yep. We knew it was they a short season. They tried to rip season. it away from us. But you go back and you look at Graham Mertz numbers this year. Now, it wasn't like he was asked to throw the football like in an air raid where he's throwing for 400, 300 yards. But you look at how many times he threw for over 200 yards, it was only three. And these were the three games that he did it in. Notre Dame, which in that fourth quarter they got so far behind, he he was throwing all those pick sixes, he was just throwing the football. Rutgers, where they steamed, you know, Steamboat Rutgers. That wasn't even a game. Yeah. Northwestern. Two terrible teams in Notre Dame where they were down big because of all the pick sixes thrown. That's the only two games, or the only three games where he threw over 200 yards. <sighs> Tough. What the hell is going on with the uh, Big Ten schedule here, the football schedule? So 
they had it released. They had the normal one released for 2022 already. That happens a year in advance. But 2020 messed it all up. You remember Wisconsin was supposed to play inter-division or inter-conference games against the Big Ten East. Those ended up getting canceled, right? They ended up playing Indiana. Just the whole scheduling of 2020 Rona, got thrown on its head. So what that did is it affected who played where. So Wisconsin ended up playing at home against Nebraska this year. I think it was supposed to be on the road if they had played 2020. It's a whole mess, but now they're gonna they're announcing a new schedule, and it's really going to change. What, I think 11 o'clock or, today? 11 o'clock. One or two opponents are going to change as well as the location of games, maybe how they're organized in the weeks. For Wisconsin, it shouldn't change much. They're still going to get Ohio State. They're still going to get Michigan State. They got a hell of a schedule. Eh. I mean, when you look at this year's schedule, it turned out to be a hell of a schedule. Yeah. Because Michigan had its best year in two decades. Penn State was a really solid team. Um, and, and the Big Ten West was good. I think, and obviously Notre Dame. I think it'll be similar to this year's schedule. It just depends how it shakes out in terms of when the games are, right? So, yeah, definitely, and how they stack up for sure. We were talking a little earlier today, and a conversation we had yesterday as well, Rowdy uh, and Ben, and on Graham Mertz, you're kind of, you're lookalike. You're the more handsome Mertz, by the way. Thank you. Rowdy, what's the vibe on Graham Mertz right now? Well, I said it was like in the NFL, you know how they say your record is what it, you are what your record is. Graham Mertz kind of is what he is at this point in my mind. I mean, he's a guy that's been here three years. He's had starting, starting job for two now, even though one was shortened. And he's just kind of an in, inconsistent quarterback. Now, Ben, he looks great at times, and then other times it's like, what the hell? The reason why I bring that up, and Rowdy brings it up, or had Rowdy bring it up, is you've done a lot of film tape study. Every Badger game, I see you breaking it down the next morning, like every play, like Graham Mertz did this good, Graham Mertz did that good. Here's one where he struggled a little bit at Ben Kenny on Twitter. Ben, ben Z, Z, Kenny. Z Kenny. Excuse me. Ben Z Kenny. K-E-N-N-E-Y. What's the vibe for you at Graham Mertz, who've definitely watched a lot more tape than I have on him? I, it's similar. The thing is, and I, I... My eye test says inconsistent and a guy that's looking like he's not it. I'll hit on Graham Mertz in a second. The thing is, with this offseason, Graham Mertz might be the fourth most important story surrounding the team, right? Because the backfield's going to be great. The offensive line is the biggest one for me. Or do they return to a 2017 level with a new who goes to offensive line coach? You have the whole coaching switch up that's going to happen with maybe a hiring. And then the defense, they replace eight starters, including both middle linebackers. So who emerges next to Jordan Turner? They're an inside linebacker. But in terms of Mertz, I, I mean, I think 2021, it, it was a disappointment, obviously, especially against good defenses. I mean, you go through the list, every good defense he played, yeah. he struggled. I don't think it's all on him, though. Obviously, the offensive line really struggled through the first four weeks. However, I do think <clears throat> we saw great glimpses against the poor defense. Okay, great glimpses. I'm glad you're bringing that up. Rowdy and I were trying to talk about it, and I couldn't think of it at the top of my head. Rutgers. What, what his best – Rutgers, his best game? Rutgers. He, he, he was – because you remember, he had a couple impressive throws, and he threw a horrible interception. And then after that, he was lights out. He was hitting Kendrick Pryor deep. He was hitting Jake Ferguson deep. He was fitting the ball into tight windows. We also saw great a uh, great glimpse against Michigan, right, that end a half drive. So the signs are there. I do think the bigger story this offseason is w- what's the support around him. Because when Braylon Allen rushed for 100 yards, Mertz played well, Wisconsin won. It was it was really that simple. And I would even say Arizona State, Mertz played pretty well. He was clutch. 
So it's if the offensive line is back to being great, if Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi are as dynamic as I think they can be, then Merch should have success. Those were two out of the three games that I brought up when we were talking about them earlier. But one of my things is kind of, you know, who didn't have a good game against Rutgers compared to a lot of their other games? <laughs> that's true. But, well, that's, I mean, but it, that's where we keep talking about. But it's about like the Illinois game. He's like, feasts on the lower-level Ill- teams. It's the lower-level, you know. You look at these guys, it's like the low-hanging fruit. You're going to, of course, knock them out of the park. Yes. I'll tell I mean, the the perception is definitely affected by Notre Dame. Michi- I mean, Michigan, he played well. He had no time. Penn State being big struggle games. I am going to so, look at the Arizona State game at the end of the year as a big positive. Well, I mean, that was just coaching. Like, hey, let's hand the ball off every freaking time we can. Well, he made three really clutch big, uh, so big time see much third down throws. One of them late to Chimera DK. He was getting smashed on third and ten. And he was connecting with the young wide receivers that are going to lead the room next year. That's so, another part of it. I do think the room is going to be a little slept on. But then you also think about the tight end position. We have no idea who's going to emerge there. So, I mean, there's an article on Bleacher Report earlier. They were talking about, like, the way too early power rankings. Badgers were tw- uh, 12th, Clemson 11, and they both had the same knock. Is the quarterback the guy? Yeah. For uh, for Clemson, I mean, their their defense is going to be better than Wisconsin's next year, I think. And I uh, Clemson would be deserved to, to be ranked higher than Wisconsin. Well, I mean, the same, it was the same question. Strong defense, and is the quarterback the guy? Yes. 12 kind of makes sense. I think it's a little too high. Same. I, I would right, have right. high teens for them. However, I do see a scenario where the schedule shakes out well and they start the season 6-0, and 7-0, and because a lot of the teams – Well, every year I say they'll be undefeated. So. As of now, you're talking about Illinois, Washington State, New Mexico State, Illinois State, Northwestern. And then they go get Michigan State. State, and that's going to be a damn good game. Then they go Maryland, Purdue. So – even if Wisconsin starts around 20, which I think they will, I call it 19 to 21 range, they have a chance with how the schedule shakes out as of now to, to really rise before they hit a tough gauntlet of Nebraska, Ohio State, Iowa, Minnesota. There's one thing with you mentioned the receiving room. I'm kind of starting, I was well, I would say I had already started towards the end of the season. <laughs> Getting the same way about the receiving group that I did about the last year's Wisconsin Badger basketball group. Kind of just just leave. Just get out just of here. For some Let's fresh start work. fresh and get some new guys in there. Because it was, man, probably dating back to like, what was it, 2017, 2018? It was always Danny Davis. It was always Kendrick Pryor. And then there was Quintez Cephas. Those guys were around, it felt like, forever. Well, Cephas back, dude. And you had seen so many flashes between them, especially when they were young. And then Cephas just obviously stole the show when he made his... Well, Monster. Fir- first, he showed that he was probably the best out of the three Monster. when they first got here and then obviously had the uh, well, incidents off the field the, yeah. and then came back and completely dominated that room. But you still saw flashes from Davis, and we're not talking pictures, but um, also it's just like they were so inconsistent, so injured. It's like, I'm done with this. Give me some I'm new done. guys. I'm- I'm not going to say that, but I will say I am excited to see what the youth can do because we know Tremere DK. I mean, he's gotten better oh, by he's the a beast. week. He's, he's, he's shown beast. some things. Yeah. Like, he can be the dude. And then Marcus Allen and Skylar Bell are, were true freshmen, 
And Marcus Allen saw time in that Rutgers game and looked really good. People are raving about where he's at. And you know Wisconsin. If a true freshman's out there making plays, you know they're doing something special. So having those two guys and that that play merged the uh, rolling to his left to throw to Skylar Bell. He made the diving catch on third yeah. down. Yeah. I'm excited. I, I, I'll say that. I mean, Pryor and Davis were super productive during their time here. And part of that, the passing offenses just weren't dynamic. Well, I mean, it's a run first. And when you saw Marcus Marcus Allen make one of those big catches in the bowl game, he just looks like a bigger, thicker guy. Like Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor on the shorter side. Marcus Allen was also going up against a third-string cornerback. So I'll throw that out there. But I would say excited is is the word I would use for that. Is what? But hey, I mean, the word? 233 days until week one. But who's counting? I, I am definitely counting. 